Kevin looking. Long to the basket. Yo, yo, whoop, whoop, yo, yo. There's no ball like college basketball. So let's get the dipping wings together and get the boys and girls over because it's about to go down in college basketball time. This episode of The Needle is brought to you by D1CoachCorner.com, your source for Division I college basketball coach. Thank you once again for tuning in to our 39th episode of The Needle. Again, my name is Jack Williams, owner and operator of D1CoachCorner.com, your source for college basketball news, rankings, and predictions. D1 Coach Corner is the number one source for college basketball preseason predictions and college basketball coach evaluations. The Needle College Basketball Podcast will bring to you 52 weeks of college basketball talk on topics dealing with Division I college basketball coaches and their teams. In this episode of The Needle, we'll be reviewing week one of college basketball and we will see which team have moved the needle either up or down early in the season. And then we'll get into the needle moving segment of our show and our player of the week. And then our new coach impact segment of the show, which will highlight coaches who have recently taken over a team and has positively impacted that team as a result of him being there. And if you like our show, go subscribe to our iTunes and YouTube channels. Let us continue to be your number one source for preseason college basketball predictions and college basketball coach evaluations. The first week of college basketball is now behind us. We didn't have any major upsets, but there were a lot of big wins for teams and coaches who needed to have a good start to make a run for the NCAA tournament this season. One of them teams is Boston College, and the other is Texas. Both of these teams were impressive this week, however. We also had some important players to go down early in the season with players such as Alexis Yetna of South Florida. And man, I was really rooting for Coach Brian Gregor and his South Florida team this season. But I think that the Yetna loss for this season is really going to hurt this team tremendously. They're losing a the guy that started in 34 games last season. He was also a double-digit scorer, averaging 12.3 points per game. They are also going to be missing his 9.6 rebounds per game. I was looking forward to seeing this team going to the NCAA tournament this season. But without Yetna, the chances for them doing so is very slim now. Coach Gregory has gone to shooting guard Rashawn Williams as a replacement in the starting lineup. So look for someone who can replace the 12.3 points per game lost by Yetna not being with the team. So far, no one else on the team seems to be able to do so. David Collins and LaQuincy Rideau seems to be the only two who are capable of scoring in double digits night after night. We also witnessed a little controversy early in the 2019-2020 season where Memphis James Wiseman was declared ineligible to play on Friday night just before the start of the UIC game. I hope that we don't see more interruptions from this through the season or in the postseason. It is always disappointing to see the number one player in the country have to sit out in the postseason because of something that has nothing to do with the game of basketball. But I just got this strange feeling that we won't see Wiseman in the tournament in 2020 unless Memphis could find a way to postpone the NCAA decision until next season. We'll see. With that said, let's look at some of our needle-moving games for week one of college basketball. Tuesday, November 5th, 2019 was our opening day for college basketball. And just like the year before, it started off with a few blockbuster games right out the door. The championship classic that hosted Duke against Kansas and Michigan State against Kentucky. 
the number one team against the number two team in the nation and the number three team against the number four team in the nation. This was Michigan State's first time in school history to start the season ranked at number one, but that ended quickly. It was a good one, however. Kentucky's young freshman Tyrese Maxey was impressive on his national television debut. He put up 26 points and snatched down 5 rebounds per game. He shot 42% from the 3-point line, which means that you're going to have to be able to guard the 3 just to stick this young man. Cassius Winston was himself in this game, scoring 21 points that game. The Duke-Kansas game felt like a championship game. There was a lot of defense played in that game. I'm really liking the way Duke's defense looks this season so far. By the time the season is over, Duke will probably be one of the top defensive teams in the nation. A very impressive Duke team. But I also like everything about Kansas. Don't forget that this was a very close game. After these two games, the needle will definitely move in week two of college basketball. I believe that we'll see Kentucky at number one and Duke at number two. I bet if we were to have the best of three out of each of these games, the winning team would change each game. It was also good to see Texas' Andrew Jones put on a show on Monday. After missing several games due to his battle with leukemia, Jones gave 8,000-plus fans a show at the Frank Aaron Center in Austin, Texas, scoring a career high of 20 points in the season opener against Northern Colorado. Jones gave the 8,000-plus fans a show at the Frank Aaron Center in Austin, Texas. Jones scored a career high of 20 points in the season opener against Northern Colorado. And I hate that we didn't get a chance to see Alexis Yetna on the opening day with South Florida Berkus Arkansas Pine Bluff. Yetna suffered a season-ending knee injury in a practice prior to the season opener. What a bummer. I was looking forward to big things out of this South Florida team this season. I was looking forward to them making a tournament in 2020, but they still may have a chance. I was really looking forward to them making a tournament in 2020. I really like what I saw out of freshman B.J. Mack in the Arkansas Pine Bluff game. Even though it's just a pre-conference play, this is where you get your players ready to play in conference play to see what you're going to be working with. Mack played 14 minutes and went 3 of 5 from the field goal. Coach Brian Gregory went with Rashawn Williams in the starting lineup, however, a guard. Yetna's 9.6 rebounds per game is going to be missed for sure, but guards like Dawson and Williams are actually pretty good rebounding guards. I think that South Florida should still be okay this season. On Wednesday, November 6, 2019, we saw Wake Forest at Boston College. Boston College started their season opener in conference play for the first time in team history. Jim Christian used a lot of his freshmen early on in the game. Freshman point guard Jay Heath was impressive. Boston College needed a good point guard in order to make their way up into the ACC standings. Boston College was 11th in the ACC in assists per game last season, which had a negative effect on scoring efficiency. Georgetown hosted Mount St. Mary's on this day. Looking at that game, I'm kind of concerned with Georgetown this season already. They let a team that is picked to finish 7th in the Northeast Conference give them a run for their money. They trailed Mount St. Mary's by 19 points with a little over 17 minutes left to go in the second half while in Georgetown. They got lucky that this Mount St. Mary's team had run out of gas in the second half. North Carolina took on Notre Dame this day. We got to see freshman Cole Anthony of North Carolina put on a show Wednesday against Notre Dame. Anthony is the son of Greg Anthony, who was once a star at UNLV. The real running rebels with Stacey Augman, the plastic man, and Larry Johnson. 
boy, were those some good old days. But Cole Anthony put on a show. 34 points and 5 assists that game. He's going to be fun to watch later on in the season. On Friday, November 8th, we got to see UIC at Memphis. Memphis star James Wiseman was declared ineligible before Friday night's game against UIC. According to sources, Penny Hardaway allegedly helped pay for Wiseman and his family to move to Memphis in 2017 during his junior year of high school. But just about an hour before the game started, the NCAA declared Wiseman ineligible to play. But a Shelby County judge granted Wiseman a temporary restraining order to allow Wiseman to play in that game. It was reported that Memphis could potentially lose their eligibility to participate in the postseason, which we hope not. That's amazing that this all comes at a time when the government is getting involved in allowing players to use their name, image, and likeness to make money. It would be disheartening to see Wiseman sit out during any parts of the season or postseason. By the way, Memphis won that game against UIC that night in great fashion. On Saturday, November 9, 2019, there were a plethora of needle-moving games, starting with Texas at Purdue. Texas went their first true road game of the season, which would be a very good win for their NCAA tournament resume at the end of the season. Shooting guard Jace Fabrice 3 toward the end of the game helped seal the win. This was probably one of the best wins for Texas in the Shocker Smart era because it was a true road win against a ranked opponent. This is Shocker Smart's fifth season as head coach of Texas. He desperately needs to have a successful season this year. An early exit in the tournament or another NIT appearance may not be enough to assure his long-term career at Texas. How about Nicholas State's true road win over Pittsburgh? This was more of a bad loss for Pittsburgh than it was a good win for Nicholas State. The reason is Nicholas State was picked to finish 11th in the Southland Conference media poll. This was a bad game for Pittsburgh. A really bad loss for Coach Capo and team. What killed Pittsburgh was their inability to hit their free throws and their inability to guard the three-point line. Pittsburgh shot 55.6% from the free throw line, and they also allowed Nicholas State to put up 11 threes that game. We then saw South Utah at Nebraska. This was the second bad loss in a row for Coach Hoiberg and company. First, it was the home opener loss against UC Riverside, and then another home loss against Southern Utah a team picked to finish fourth in the Big Sky media polls. But this is Coach Hoiberg's first season with the team, and we were expecting to see just a little struggle this year. We saw San Diego State at BYU. San Diego State gets a good resume-building win over BYU at Utah. Both teams were predicted to do well in their conferences. A true road win is always good. This was a pretty close game, but San Diego State etched out the win. Pepperdine defended their home court against a very good UC Irvine team. UC Irvine was predicted by the media poll to win the Big West Conference this season. This Pepperdine team is very dangerous to play this season under Coach Lorenzo Ramar. On Sunday, November the 10th, 2019, we saw two important needle-moving games, Florida State at Florida and Boston College at South Florida. Florida State bounced back from a close loss against Pittsburgh who just recently lost against Nicholas State. This is Florida State's second true road game in a row. What a way to start the season. Two true road games in a row. I guess you can call the Florida game a road game because they're both from Florida. However, they played on the Gators' home court. 
Florida just couldn't keep up with the firing power of Florida State. The Seminoles shot 36.4% from the field compared to 28% for Florida. It seems that if Florida is having the same scoring problems that they had last season, this is definitely a needle mover. Expect Florida State to rise and Florida to fall. Boston College wins his second game of the season to go 2-0 for the season. This was also the first true road win of the season for this team, and it was against a pretty good South Florida team. Young freshman guard Jay Heat got to start again. He didn't score as many points this time, but his defense was tenacious. He got three steals in that game. South Florida was without Alexis Yetna, who is out for the season due to a knee injury. That really hurt South Florida. The media had Boston College picked to finish 13th in the ACC, but I knew better than that. D1 Coach Corner had this team picked to finish about 7th in the ACC. I believe that this Boston College team is putting themselves in a position to receive an at-large bid in the tournament come 2020. Derek Thornton was a beast in the game as usual. He put up 22 points, 4 rebounds, and 4 assists that game. I'm really liking this Boston College team this year. They beat South Florida by 14 points on South Florida's home floor. And this concludes the needle moving portion of our show. And now on to our outstanding players of the week. Who are they? Andrew Jones of Texas, Tyrese Maxey of Kentucky, Jay Heath of Boston College, and Cole Anthony of North Carolina. Andrew Jones of Texas returns to Texas after a long battle with leukemia. Jones set nearly the entire 2018-2019 season due to his illness. Jones returned to the game with a career high of 20 points against the University of Northern Colorado. Jones' minutes were decreased in the Texas road game against Purdue, however. He averaged 7 points and 3 rebounds per game in that game. Tyrese Maxey showed out in front of a national audience. He dropped 26 points on Michigan State, which included a game-changing 3-pointer to seal that game for Kentucky. Maxey only scored 9 points in the game against Eastern Kentucky, however. Freshman Jay Heath has been a very important part of this Boston College team. He has started in both games for the season so far. He earned his starting spot on his college debut against Wake Forest on national television. He scored 18 points and dropped 4 assists against Wake Forest, giving Boston College their first win of the season. This win was a momentum builder for this Boston College team this season. This is a team that desperately needs to get into the tournament this year under coach Jim Christian, who is in his sixth season with the team. Boston College hasn't gone to the NCAA tournament at all under Coach Christian. And lastly, freshman point guard Cole Anthony seems to be putting his name in the player of the year hat early in the season. He is averaging 27 points per game in his two games this season. But how about opening night for the Tar Heels? Anthony dropped 34 points on Notre Dame and then turned around two days later and dropped 20 points on UNC Wilmington. Anthony is the son of former NBA and college star Greg Anthony who was part of the famous Running Rebel team in the 90s with Stacey Augman and Larry Johnson. And now on to our new Coach Impact segment of the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by D1CoachCorner.com, your source for Division I college basketball coaches. In this new Coach Impact segment, we'll be discussing coaches who have been head coach of a Division I basketball team for no more than five years and who are on the upper trend towards taking their team to another level. This week's new Coach Impact highlights Texas head coach Shaka Smart. Coach Smart hasn't yet advanced to the level of Coach Rick Burns, who was one of the most successful coaches at Texas, but he has the team moving in the right direction this season. 
Texas hasn't yet advanced past the second round of the NCAA tournament, but they did win the NIT championship. That's a start. Texas had just recently beat a ranked Purdue team on their home court, which was one of the most crucial wins of Coach Shaka Smart's career. This win gives Texas the momentum they need to make a run for the NCAA tournament. And that concludes our show for this week. Join us next week at the same time and channel for new episodes. We'll be happy to take on your questions and comments on our Twitter for our next episode. Our Twitter handle is at D1 Coach That is at D1 Coach Corner. See you next week.